0: Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to season eight, episode sixteen of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the Dog Whisperer, and my favorite Florida man, also known as Drinking Eagle from Tampa, Florida, Mister Chris McKenzie. Hi, do tonight, you know, Chris, and of course, what is in your glass?
1: Uh, in in my glass tonight, we'll we'll switch this up a little bit. In okay. my glass, I'm drinking a beer called Chop It Up from southern grist okay let's get the lights on here but this beer i've had this on the show before and it is a brown ale brewed with lactose which i could do without mm-hmm. uh the coconut hazelnuts and cacao nibs uh in this brown ale it's a little on the sweeter side um but i figured it was uh, time to get uh, get this one consumed because i had it a couple of weeks ago and i i liked it But I didn't, I was on the (laughs) fence about it. It's a little sweet, but it's a brown ale. And I was, you know, hoping to be like a usual brown ale, but it's not. It's just a little sweet for my taste. But, you know, I I don't want to pour it down the drain if I don't have to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear
1: you. uh, But I'm doing fantastic. It's been a uh, lovely sunny day here in Tampa and just been out enjoying the weather and just got done with dinner about an hour ago. And it's been a fantastic day. I'm good. So, um, but what about you, sir? What's uh, what's in your glass and how are you doing today? I am fantastic because today is
0: President's Day. Observed. And I had a day off. Observed. Yeah, observed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm doing good because I, I also spent the weekend with my daughter, Haley, in Pocatello. And you know what that means.
1: You had work to do? Uh,
0: no, I, very little. I, I busted <laughs> out the work like within less than an hour. I got all the chores done when I got there Friday but uh but no, it means that I visited Jim Dandy. Jim Dandy with their 16 ounce cans now. And I'm drinking this one here, Yellow Belly. And it's a dry hopped wheat beer. And it's uh I got a four-pack of this. I had it while I was there, and I really wanted to bring this other beer back with me that I uh that I checked into and had a few while I was there. We went there both Friday and Saturday. I went there twice because I just enjoyed the beer. They had four new beers I hadn't had before, and I really enjoyed them all. But there was one that we'll talk about a little later, two two okay. actually, that uh, I had to go back and get seconds of. In fact, I got two extra 20-ounce pints of uh, of one of them that I just absolutely fell in love with. And it kind of it goes with the topic that we're going to have on the show today as well. So we'll go ahead okay. and blend that in a,
1: as we get along. Well, I'm going to do this too. Dude, just because we're moving in that direction, I'm oh. going to go ahead and oh, look at that, put that in there. Uh, <laughs> you got your frost buddy out, huh? Let's not let's not get too excited. We got to get that. We got to get it all in place. Get it all in place. It's it's right? it's working its way. All in place first. It's working its way. We're soon going to be able got to. Got that first. Yes. Okay. That first okay. part out of the way. So,
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Chris. All right. Well, hey. Before we get too far into the show, we always like to let anyone new listening to Tap to Craft Podcast what we are all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listener, along in your craft beer journey and adventure. And you're listening to episode 198. We're recording on Monday, February 21st, 2022. And we are live on Facebook and hopefully live on Twitter. This is a new thing. I've been trying to get us on Twitter for a while. And I think I finally did it. Now don't expect me to interact on Twitter while I'm doing this because I can barely, you know, interact with Chris while we're doing this <laughs> and all of our Facebook live people. But if you would rather, if you're, if you happen to be, you know, a, more of a Twitter follower than a Facebook person, then now you have the option to watch a little bit of us or all of us on the Monday nights before the episode releases at, uh, Eight thirty 30 eastern time uh just tune in and and watch us live and you can you can hear the show see how the show is made and you can see how the show is made without edits because this is live we won't edit it and then when you, if you listen to the the real podcast you'll see that you know there's probably a few things missing
1: than what we had when, when hey. we recorded just a few yeah <laughs> look i i i think it's cool just to be able to see that uh that unedited stuff or you and I going back and forth going, ah, shit, forgot yeah. to hit the record button. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It, it all happens. It all happens. It happens all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So in this episode, we will be discussing four new hops to keep an eye out this year. And this article was provided by one of our fantastic listeners, Mr. Eric Gronley, who is joining us on Facebook Live as we speak, mm-hmm. as well as some other great conversation that Chris and I will have along the way. So, Chris and I, as before, we get started. Also, we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. This episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, Bill Schlimmer, Amanda, and Kevin Argauer, and our latest virtual producer, Mark Reedy. Uh, so, thank you, Mark, for joining us on our on our Patreon supporters and. Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad LaMassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Eric Gronley who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. Okay, Chris. We, Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of different feedback. I mean, a lot of different emails and, and things that were on Facebook and Twitter. And, but you know what? We're going to focus on a few things here. And as we already mentioned, Eric Gronley, he did write us an email. And uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and start with that first uh, email that, that he wrote us?
1: Okay. So Eric wrote, I recently stumbled onto this article that showcases four new hops to look for this year. While I really enjoy a well-done citra mosaic blend, I think it's important that brewers keep experimenting and it's something that the U.S. does pretty well. I'm I'm looking forward to discovering new flavor profiles, aromas, and more with these. I guess I'm getting sentimental, but wanted to take a moment to recognize how cool it is that this podcast has brought in listeners from all over the world. It's kind of amazing to think about that Getting to interact with folks who are on their own craft beer journey together wasn't even possible without literally mm-hmm. bumping into someone in their hometown not too long ago. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as as
0: you just mentioned, Chris, that uh, our topic this day is brought to you by Eric Gronley because he did mm-hmm. find this article and I thought it was very interesting. And it mentions hops that I have seen in beers and... I think it's interesting. I, I'd like to find a little bit more. And I thought, oh, you know what? I bet our listeners would like to be on the lookout for some of these hops and see, you know, what change, what, what they bring to the hoppy world. And even some yeah. things that maybe aren't supposed to be hoppy, right? Because these hops can be added into, you know, porters and stouts and other beers that don't normally, aren't normally hoppy, but can provide some of those other subtle fruity flavors into the beer that, that you know, that might make it enjoyable as well. Um, so yeah, so thank you for that. And you know what, Eric, you are absolutely correct. Uh, the one thing that you know, Chris and I, we love the interaction with all of our great listeners out there, and it is fantastic that as you listen to the show, we have interactions from around the world. Most of them being brought to you by our our buddy Johan Halberg in in Sweden. Uh, we have a few listeners in Sweden, and he's not the only one. There's other mm-hmm. ones there. We have Denmark. We have a lot of in that uh, in that area that that uh, download the show we have over i think over 26 different countries where the, yeah. the podcast is downloaded it's so a lot of countries um and we get most of the interaction from uh england and some can- canadian mm-hmm. and <clears throat> uh we did have some interaction from japan uh, a while ago uh but but mostly it's you know johan and and some of our great britain uh listeners but hey we love the interaction we love bringing everyone together Sharing in each other's craft beer journeys. So it is, and it's even cool.
1: Just like the the last three people that commented on our live Facebook stream, we've got Chad, who's in Baltimore, Uh, Eric, which is in he's in Minnesota. Like I'll never forget that again. (laughs) Uh, And then Bill, he's you know he's in uh, in Florida here with me. So I mean, we've got three different states in Mm -hmm. just the last couple of minutes, and we just get we get to interact with you guys, and that's probably. Like Eric said, it's probably one of the coolest things yeah. Um, yeah, about this this whole thing that we get to do every couple of weeks. Yeah, it is great. It is great. And, I, and
0: you know, it's it's always funny. I've mentioned it before in, in the show years ago that, you know, we have a lot of people, a lot of different downloads from around the world. But it's really, imagine if we had interactions from all the people that listen to the show. Oh we would have a lot of interaction. But even the, the 5 five ten 10% that do interact with us is still enjoyable. And I'll take those 10%. Um, I know that there's people out there that just enjoy listening and when they're listening, they're not in a, in a easy place to go. Cause I'm, I'm one of those people, right? A lot of times I'm listening and I'm not able to like stop what I'm doing and then jot down an email or call on a voicemail Mm -hmm. or anything. And I see in my back of my mind, I say, you know what I'm going to do, it. I'm going to do it. And then, you know, time goes by and you forget, uh, and so I do appreciate when people do take that time out to leave us yeah. a voicemail, an email, uh, comment on Twitter or Facebook. I mean, it is, it is nice.
1: Hell, that's the whole reason I'm here with you guys. That's
0: right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're one of the few that decided to interact with us. I mean, John was one of the few that decided yeah. to interact with us on the 40 cast. And that's how we became friends. And he became a host of the show as well. So, yeah, Internet. It, I mean, the Internet is a scary place, but it's also a, can be a friendly place as well. Yeah. All right. So Eric wrote us another email today and, uh, he wanted to m- make sure we didn't forget to, to mention about some, some, you know, a little bit of, uh, problems happening with modern times. And I think someone else also listed the articles for modern times and, yeah. and, uh, um, uh, hair of the dog, um, we decided to close. So, uh, there's a article in the Oregonian, which is the Portland uh, newspaper, uh, is on their online. It's modern times beer to close its tasting room in Southeast P- Portland amid financial struggles. And Eric was nice enough to just take the article and pull out a few paragraphs that stood out to him that I think it kind of summarizes everything because he mentioned that, you know, a year ago, right? Or no, two years ago now, it's probably been about two years ago, Chris, on air, you were thinking, you know, you yeah. actually went and 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 purchased shares. And then after, you know, like a week later that it got canceled because too many people Mm -hmm. would purchase shares that you had actually done it on air and you were going to be a contributor to to modern times.
1: Yeah. It was really interesting because I saw this article pop up and I don't know if I shared it on our page or I saw it from Eric or someone else. As soon as I saw that pop up, I was like, huh, glad uh, my investment didn't go through because I literally put a, tried to put a thousand dollars into them. Yeah. Yeah. While we were chatting on online that night, and I was like, "Man, <laughs> stupid! It's not working." And, and then we see this, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, makes sense." <laughs> you, you don't get to see why the world works the way it does all the time immediately. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so the highlights are they're closing four satellite locations by the end of last week, and um, and one of those is in Portland, and then there was two in California. Was it two or three in California now? I'm thinking I, I, there was four locations, but one was for sure in, uh, um, in, in in Portland and then two in California, Oakland and somewhere else. San Diego. Was, San Diego, yeah. San Diego one. Um, so yeah, four sites are located. And they say the company said the cutbacks are based on a combination of factors. Four straight years of rapid, costly expansion followed by an unforeseen and financially devastating global health crisis and an industry-wide decline in sales, taken together these factors have stretched their finances and the company culture to a point that is simply no longer sustainable. I think that's a problem we mentioned before, right? If you yeah. expand too quickly, um, it may be great when things are going well. If your beer, I mean, in modern times it was making great beer and and it made sense to go into markets that appreciate good beer. And if and if they're having on-site premise sales that's great but once those get closed down in portland's one of those places that got hit where they had very strict um guidelines for for opening yeah. up and then california has had a similar stri- very strict guidelines as where if you, you had to be a, a restaurant that serves food or whatever to, to to open up you couldn't just be a bar or i mean i don't know there's different rules so i think the places that are closing are ones that were really hit hard during that time and you can't just keep a you can't keep, a, a, you know, paying a lease on a property and, and trying to employ it if you just don't have any money coming in from it. So it's understandable that it, that was bad timing. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's better to close it down now than to just keep, you know, bleeding out. Um, let's go ahead and get back to, uh, you know, a few, a few locations and build back up and, and get to a point where, where you're sustainable. Uh, it also mentions the Brewer Association. Um, they said that over overall, the U.S. beer volume sales were down 3% in 2020, while craft beer uh, brewer volume sales declined 9%. They say hard seltzer and ready-to-drink beverages are increasingly preferred by younger adult drinkers, chipping away at craft beer's market share. Hmm. And, and I think this is true, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. Of course, it's true, right? People are going to go and 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 drink what they want, right? Uh, I'm. I honestly am not concerned with the declining beer sales. No. It just means there's more for me to drink, right? Better will be more drinking it. But I can see where it would begin to cause bigger breweries that were distributing out further away from their home base to kind of withdraw back, right? So we may be losing some access to uh you know to some beers that we were getting before because they just want to get closer to home and also i think that these i think the big one of the bigger problems is these hard seltzers and ready-to-drink beverages are stealing shelf space in the grocery stores that's probably a bigger hit and if that's the case then they're going to be forced to you know to withdraw or they're only going to be able to to put their stuff in beer and bottle shops that have you know that are willing to to make space because that's all they do is 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 uh, bottle sales. Maybe that will work, but is it worth it to try to get that you know to to logistically get your stuff out there if you're only servicing you know a couple stops? Right, it doesn't make much sense um, to do that. So yeah, it's it's sad to see that modern times is struggling, but I'm glad that they've made choices now to try to bandage it up a little bit, keep the bleeding to a minimum. All right. Um, and let's get into the voicemail now. Oh, thank you, Eric, for, for those emails. We really appreciate that. Now, Eric, or oh, wait a minute. Hold on, Eric. <laughs> Eric did not leave and us a voicemail. Cut. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting so excited for Eric. But uh, but no, uh, but we did get some voicemails. We got voicemails from Chad, and we got a couple of voicemails from Mark Reedy as well. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and play the first voicemail from Chad Lamasa. All right.
2: Hey, guys, it's Chad. Uh, after listening to this week's episode, I felt like I should answer a couple questions. Um, Danny, you were saying you'd like to see my beer wall. I actually don't have a beer wall. <laughs> um, there's just not space in my house for it. Uh, I do have about 30 cans or, and bottles on display. Um, it, they're just mostly cans, that the art is printed directly on as opposed to removable stickers um the ones that have stickers i've been taking off and putting in legal pads um so i can get like two per page and i have about one and a half legal pads full of just beer labels now mm. um i looked at the calvert brewing company website i was going to send you send both you guys um a couple cans of the shot first However, they don't seem to have a a store on their website, (laughs) so I couldn't do that. Um, Also, I found a store not too far away from me that has it, but they don't ship outside of Maryland. And they only had one four-pack left, and I don't think I'll be able to get down there before they sell it. Um, Plus, having never mailed beer before, I'm not entirely sure what to do to ensure that... Call me. I'll tell you how to do it. (laughs) Oh, and you guys were talking about seltzers and not having them? I've not had many either. Um, Pools did have some cocktail themes, one that Cindy was liking. And I'd take a sip just to see how they were. And they were typically too sweet for me. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went to see one of my favorite bands, Cursive, at the Black Cat in D.C. Uh, I love that venue, but they always have the same thing on tap. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try something different. Um, I picked up a bottle of Spiked Toppy Refresher from Lagunitas in a bottle. Uh, so my check-in on UNTAP said, waiting for cursive. I got this for the check-in. It's okay. And I gave it a three-cap rating. It's not something I drink a lot of, but for something different every now and then, I'd reconsider I'd definitely consider it. Um, oh, back to the, the labels. Um, before I started using legal pads, I was sticking them on various other things. Chris, I'm not sure what you had in mind for things to do with them, but I'm open to suggestions. Um, I guess that's it for now. Uh, Just hadn't called in in a
1: while. Felt like I should. Uh, Take care, guys. Cheers.
0: Okay, Chris, what's your suggestion?
1: So what I've been doing with them, and actually, it's a project that I'm working on now. I'm just trying to find a solution for it. This whole wall that's behind me, there's nothing on it (laughs) other than my lights here. Okay, so what my plan is, is I take a lot of the beer labels that I like. Ooh did that completely (laughs) wrong uh i take all the labels that i really like (sighs) screw it it's staying there um and i actually put them on um sheets of magnets so i don't know if you guys saw the picture that i posted up on facebook um i was looking for uh beer tins that you know had you know different breweries on them i did end up getting like the one that you have behind you over your door, Denny. I mm-hmm. did end up getting one from uh, from, from Trek. Trek? Yeah. Um, I got that McKenzie Brewing, the one that I texted you the other day. And uh, I've got a bunch of them, Cigar City and Deschutes and all these other ones. So I've been hanging them up in kind of what we call our man cave. And then on my beer cooler, <clears throat> um, I've taken all these uh, labels that I've transferred over to magnets and I've stuck them. I'm on the side of my beer cooler so it's kind of like this collage that goes all over it well behind me it's just a regular drywall wall mm-hmm.
3: it's
1: not like it's magnetic nothing's going to stick to it so i'm trying to find a solution on how do i make that stick so i can put my magnets up on it actually here's uh let's see if i can pull this up too um trying to find a way to make it stick so i found this one company who was potentially going to help me do it and it was just ridiculously expensive so there's my beer cooler and mm-hmm. on the side i was all the magnets and stuff and then the beer signs and things that are in there but um i was really just thinking about hey i'll uh i'll just throw some like sheet metal Mm -hmm. attach some sheet metal to the wall, or there's magnetic paint that you can buy, but you got to put like six (laughs) coats on it for it to actually stick. And everyone that I've heard that's, you know, kind of, Hey, I used it and it worked or I've used it and it really didn't work. I can't get a solid answer from anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like unsure about what I'm going to do. So I think sheet metal is going to be the option for me, but it's, you know, it's an eight foot by 12 foot wall. And that's going to take a lot. So uh, just trying to check out some different options. So Mm -hmm. long story short, Chad, what I've been doing with them, buddy, is I've been putting them on uh, magnet sheets that I've been buying off of Amazon. I get like 15 sheets of eight and a half by like 11 Mm -hmm. magnets. Uh, You can put photos and beer labels and all kinds of stuff on it. But um, that's what I'm doing with them. Okay. Yeah, I've been...
0: I like the idea of the magnet thing, but I just don't have anywhere to put magnets. So mm-hmm. that's why I haven't done that. But I have been sticking to the side of my beer fridge. I have two beer fridges, like mini ones. And so I've been putting them like just along, like what you did with your big fridge. I'm doing the same thing with yeah. my little fridges. So I'm just peeling them off. And the best way of peeling off those, well, you probably know, Chad, because you've done a few. But, but uh, heat up pot water, put it in the can, let it sit yep. just for a minute. And I think Chris you told me this and then it just peels right off and it yeah. it really does a good job. I I really uh, like that method so.
1: Yeah, it works real good and it it really makes you understand how well these <laughs> labels are stuck on the yeah. beer. Um yeah. it it blows my mind when I peel some of them off like I'm just I got to pick at them for a little bit and then finally peeling and peeling and peeling and it's just it's insane how yeah. uh, how much they stick on there. Yeah.
0: All right, well, thank you, Chad, for that voicemail. Now, he, he went ahead and sent us another voicemail uh, couple, yesterday or the day before. I can't remember exactly. But uh, go ahead and play the second one that Chad sent us.
2: Hey, guys. This Chad. Chad. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for um, sharing my fundraiser on Facebook. Uh, that means so much to me. And it's things like this that make people think that they're friends with podcasters <laughs> that they've never actually met in person. Um, but. If you guys are in Baltimore, hit me up and I will definitely buy the first round of beers. Uh, cheers! Bye. Well, that sounds fantastic, and
0: you're welcome, Chad. Not only did we share it, we also contributed to just show that we are supportive of uh, you know of your birthday donation request and and I hope you are able to meet your your goal. There's still a couple weeks uh, to go, or a week you know week and a half or so to go to, to go ahead and donate. So. Um, I'll put a link to that in our show notes if anyone else wants to go ahead and help chat out raise money for and I can't even it's it's a it's a type of cancer that one of his friends has, and he's being supportive of that friend and and it's a it's a big long name as far as the C and I don't even want to begin to try to you know if it was something easy like colon cancer or something, I'd be able to say that, but it's i don't know chris. Do you,
1: do, I, you, do you want to try it? I saw it. Like well, So I'll admit, I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's... It. No. Yeah. yeah and I, I normally do pretty good with even those words, but no, I, uh, yeah. I, I failed on that one, too. Yeah, but uh, you're welcome, Chad. Let's
0: go on to the next one. Mark Reedy left us a couple voicemails as well. Go ahead and start with that first one. Hey,
3: what's up, fellas? It's uh, Mark from Monterey, California on Sunday night... Never mind. Let's be real. It's Monday morning. <laughs> a long weekend of working both jobs during the day over at uh, the Salty Sill Blue Club and uh, Dust Bowl. Excuse me. Other way around. Days at Dust Bowl.
1: Nights. <laughs> Starting to blend together.
3: Whoops. <laughs> um, I'm a little beat. I was going to email you, but voicemail just seems a lot less
0: effort. That's right.
3: Anyway, it
1: is. It's uh, easier. You might
3: be interested to know. Um, i've been sharing some of your educational uh episodes with my coworkers. In fact, we have a newly appointed previous district manager been appointed uh tap room uh, to, uh, what is he called the the manager of uh, of operations in uh, tap rooms i guess and uh, to ensure the quality and consistency in the different tap rooms that we're now open. Um, but I asked him if I could share, say, lessons on well, kavite. We had a kavite come out last week, and I remember you guys had a uh, episode on what a kavite yeast is all about, and so I shared it with group in a chat we all have together. Went over well, um, so that's kind of the plan to share your stuff that you guys are sharing with uh, the rest of us in the podcast. With my uh, co workers at Dust Bowl Brewing Company. Um, and you guys are helping us all gain knowledge, uh, which is pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that, too. Um, let's see you here. Know, you know, I'm going to try to do a couple reviews on my beers uh, tonight the Allagash Triple, and um, he's course, getting the Allegash
1: I mean, all the way out in California. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: Black Blizzard, Russian Imperial. All right, guys. I look forward to Monday night. I may be able to tune in. Things just should slow down uh, this Monday night. Maybe I can jump on there while I'm working. All right, thanks, guys. Bye bye.
0: Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, we really appreciate you sharing the show. And, and hey, it's fantastic that that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that you're able to share it with your coworkers and use it as a training opportunity to train up the staff and and have them understand better. About what the beers that are serving, especially something as as confusing maybe as Kvike, uh beer is, like people are going to ask, "What is this? What, what you know? What, what kind of style?" If they have an opportunity to get a little bit of a quick insight from our show, hey, more power to you guys. Uh, we're honored that you're doing that, and uh, and thanks.
1: And if you need us to come in person, like I just asked <laughs> that you cover my flight and we'll be good to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If 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 you need us to come in uh and, and teach anything in person at Dust Bowl, let, let us know. We'll we'll be there. Yeah. All <laughs> All right. So let's let's go for it. And then he sent then he had after that one, he sent one more. He had one more thing to say.
3: Oh, one more thing. It's Mark again from Monterey. In a previous episode, like maybe year or two ago, I think you guys said that uh, people needed business cards for Capcraft, um, just send an email with that address and you'll send them. I definitely could use some of those um, That share uh, your podcast information with um, our patrons in both locations and um, definitely my co-workers and what have you. All right, guys. So, um, yeah, I'll send an email tonight, a brief one uh, with my address, and hopefully that's still the case. If not, I will
0: find a way to (laughs) send people to you. Thanks, guys. Yes, bye bye. Okay, Mark. Yes, 100%. I will send you business cards to help promote the show. You're doing a great job as it is, but if I can help you by being able to pass out something that's easier for people to remember, I'll do that. So just send me your address, and I'll send you a bunch of business cards. And actually, I need to. I need to get some little uh, little stickers that I can put, uh, you know, because I think we made the cards before we had our website. Mm-hmm. So I think I need want to put the website address on the back too, and maybe, uh, uh, that you know, Spotify and some other things that they can find us on as well. So, yeah, send us your address, and I will get those out to you and pass them out. We really appreciate it. And anyone else out there, if you want to sh- have a way of sh- of easily sharing the podcast, let me know. I'll send you... Some uh, business cards you can pass out to your friends, coworkers, business, whatever you want. Put it up on a bulletin board,
1: whatever you want to do, we appreciate it. We'll get some stickers with some QR codes on it. That'll be so much easier. Uh,
0: yeah, it's true. Maybe I will put it, maybe I'll get the QR. Yeah, I'll get a QR code with the name. And then you just, you know, yeah, maybe I'll do that both. Yeah.
1: Which It'll by be, the way, COVID resurrected the QR code. Yeah, it's true. That's true. It is now alive again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Remember how cool they were about oh. 10 years ago? Yeah, everyone was using them, and then, and then, went, it
0: nah. it and then the, yeah, then they stopped. And then there was an article, bef- like, a couple of years ago that said the QR code is dead. Well, mm-hmm. obviously, it's no longer dead.
1: It's because you had to download a whole separate app just to read them. Now your camera does it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, yeah, it is nice that
1: they did that that
0: update. Okay. So, hey, if you want to be like Chad and Mark and send us a voicemail, because like Mark said, it is so much easier just to hit, you know, just tap the craft in your phone, just put it into us into a contact and just say call tap the craft and leave us a voicemail. It's so easy to do that. You can do that at uh, calling 208-536-3359 or if it's easier for you to remember, two zero eight five three oddly, yes, super I mean, you, easy, and leave us a you, voicemail. We
1: love them. Yeah, if you guys don't have our number in there, I mean, you should put it in there. Yeah, and, that and, much easier. And,
0: and you know what? While we're on this thing, Chris, what do you? I, I know it's. I know what we're taking a chance, but we we might be getting our fro- our uh, frost buddies in, and we want to do a contest for episode two hundred, right? Do we want to do it? We want to roll the dice, or you want to wait?
1: <laughs> Look, Denny, I swear I should put this on a T-shirt. This is one of my favorite sayings. There's only one way to find out. Yeah, just, just do it, right? Sure, let's okay. do it. All right, let's so it. Look, it, I, and I'd say worst case scenario, we can always find some way to get one.
0: Okay, okay. So here's what we're gonna do. We're on episode 198. Episode Mm. 200 is a Bicentennial. Yeah. Yeah, Bicentennial. (laughs) I was just making sure I had it right. Bicentennial episode. And what would be great and what would enter you guys into a contest is if you would send us a voicemail congratulating on hitting episode 200. And... Maybe a simple word of what you like the best about Tap to Craft. We will save those voicemails for episode 200 and play them on there, and you will automatically be entered in to win our first Frost Buddy can cooler, bottle cooler, can and bottle cooler. How about that? Episode 200. Yeah. So you have pretty awesome. you have basically you know one month. Yeah, or, or, yes. or actually you have yeah about three weeks, three weeks to a month. So send us your voicemails congratulating on hitting episode 200 and at least one thing that you enjoy about the show or why you continue to listen week or, you know, show after show. Okay. All right. And if you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at taptocraft. And of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And we do have our Tap to Craft podcast website, just find us at taptocraft.com. Okay, Chris, now it's time for you to start uh, getting those vocal cords uh, moving. Yeah, well, well uh, there
1: we go. Okay, so I had to There we go get that scrolled back. Just, just as a point of reference, we will be recording, as long as everything goes to plan, we will be recording episode 200 on March 21st, which will then release on three days later so what the 24th okay so you have to get
0: your voicemail in before the twenty third 21st 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 (laughs) thank you thank you for clarifying all right well let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to untapped
1: so yeah you can definitely tell that today is a holiday (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because people have been doing a lot of drinking in the last 24 hours. So we're going to touch on the uh, the goodies uh, through these check-ins. And we're going to start by continuing Mr. Lamas' check-in streak. This <laughs> is his check-in streak 20,000, people. Uh, it's, <laughs> happy birthday. It's your 20,000th check-in, Chad. Uh, but he's drinking a Nugget Nectar by Trogues Independent Brewing, checking in to my favorite beer early in the day to get a... Br- Get the birthday card out of the way. Somehow I missed it last year, so that makes it even better. Also, it's afternoon, my local time, and I'm off. So don't judge me. (laughs) Ah, Five cap rating for that beer. It looks like you guys have had some interaction back and forth, Denny, for that beer too. Um, Let's see. We're moving on to the next one. Mike Allen's doing a little bit of drinking today at the Taco Mac. He's got the uh, Ode to Mercy Nitrode by Wild Heaven Beer. Uh, three and a quarter cap rating for that one. Um, mm, excuse me. Tom Byrne is drinking a Firestone 25 yeah. anniversary ale. Oh. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, he always said he says, always look forward to these. Four and a quarter cap for that one. Um let's see. Tom looks like he's out either just taking fun pictures. Oh no, I see where that picture is taken. Tom is drinking the stout barrel-aged almond cookie by Western Collective for Art W's B-Day. The goat himself, four and a quarter caps for that beer. And I love the picture because it's taken outside of Great Notion. That's why I was a little confused. Ah. Western Collective, pictures at Great Notion. (laughs) I was a little confused. Um, Tom is also doing... A lot of drinking today. So good for you, buddy. Uh, Mike Allen also checking into an alpha abstraction volume 19 by wild leap. Bruco pretty much a perfect balance of Dank and citrus. Outstanding four and a half caps on that beer. Also checked into a double dry hopped King Sue by toppling Goliath. Mm. Mm, nice. Um, Tara Carlson is drinking a Daniel's dessert, strawberry rhubarb pie. By Calvert Brewing Company, Chad. Maybe they can help you get a hold of that beer <laughs> yeah, too.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, I thought sure. I thought for sure I'd bought a four pack, and now this is the last one. <laughs> Someone's not sharing. I will mention no names, but his initials are James K. <laughs> that was his whole name. You just sold uh, him out. Sorry, Jim. Um, she gave that one four and a quarter caps for that beer. Hope you guys are enjoying that beer. It looks pretty good. Um, let's see. Next on the list, Jeff Weesey is drinking Neon Giants by Brewery Omegang. Amazing hazy collaboration with Firestone Walker. Smooth, silky mouthfeel. The New Zealand ha- hops have a nice tropical finish. Cheers. Four and three. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Almost Mike. <laughs> Don't <laughs> mind me. Let's Everything's go. Fine. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Not a damn thing. Four and three quarter caps for that for that beer from Jeff. Denny, mm. you checked into a winter ale yes. from Fremont Brewing. Yeah. I love the I love that can art. So simple, but yeah. so very nice. Very pleasant, malt forward yet dry, finished dark ale with hints of toffee, chocolate, plums, and super smooth. Mm-hmm. Just look at that head. <laughs> and you can tell this beer's made with love. And great ingredients and in process for cap rating for that beer. It was good. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Cause I, it's just one of those cans. You look at it and you go, there's something about that can that just makes me want to buy it. It's simple artwork, just the pine needles and the pine cones. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I want some. So yeah. Um, Jeff Seiler is drinking a shepherd's throne by great notion brewing, delicious, hazy, double IPA, big piney and citrus notes. Tons of flavor and dangerously drinkable for 10%. Love Great Notion and their amazing can art. Four and a half caps for that beer. Uh, he's drinking it out of his B cups overlooking the uh, woods. From his ba- and, Yeah, uh, from his back porch. <laughs> from his Back porch, yeah. Uh, let's see. Next on the list, Hunter Graham is drinking a Mammoth Skull by Grand River Brewery. Uh, four cap rating. No notes on that one florida steve drinking out of his cigar city glass he's drinking a strawberry kiss by civil society holy FNS. he said this beer makes me miss mariana trench chocolate bourbon and strawberries wow mm. i miss mariana trench too steve thanks for bringing up old <laughs> stuff four and three quarter <laughs> caps on this beer um but if it's anything like mariana trench that's a tasty one. Uh, let's see. Stephen Lilly is drinking a Juicy ASAP Hazy Edition by Saucy Brew Works. No notes or, cha- or uh, rating on that one. Ooh, Chad. I, I'm glad you got a hold of this beer. He's drinking... What Maryland Does by True Respite Brewing Company. This is one of those beer labels that is actually on my beer cooler Mm. right now. Very nice, hazy, lots of citrusy goodness, uh, four and a half cap rating. Um, Moving a little faster, Jeff Seiler's drinking a Marshall Zukov's by Cigar Mm. City Brewing Company. Big Russian Imperial Stout. Lots of coffee, chocolate, and molasses. Been looking for this beer for a while. It does not disappoint Delicious. Four and a quarter caps. Mark Church drinking an Expedition Series Mile 4 by Trek Brewing Company. Nice chocolate and raspberry goes nicely with the Stoic Stout-based beer. No rating for that one. And Eric Gronley is drinking a drum roll by Odell Brewing Company mm. at the GHQ.
0: <laughs>
1: Gronley Headquarters. Yes. I'll never forget that one either. He's a memorable (laughs) dude, apparently. Um, I have not checked into this one in a long time, but it was so fun to revisit again. It was one of the very first versions for me of what a hazy IPA could be before every brewery made one. It continues to hold up with the soft tropical and citrus flavors. Four cap rating on that one. And as we hit refresh, I get to read an old... uh, of someone I went to school with high school with oh. Sarah Zawadzki oh. is drinking an advanced metrics by Dewey beer company. Uh-huh. So Chad, <laughs> uh, my friend, Sarah, she's up your way too. As, as last. I recall, um, Eric Gronley says we are always welcome anytime at GHQ. <laughs> uh, Sarah uh, rated this beer four and a half caps, no notes on that one. So that is what everybody is drinking.
0: Fantastic. That's a lot of beer. Everyone's
1: enjoying the weekend. I told you, man. Everybody's uh, everybody's drinking today.
0: Oh, good. Good. All right. Well, let's get into our Beer Speak 101 segment. And this is where we briefly define common and not so common beer terminology. And this episode, we explain what it means when we talk about prohibition and as well as the two amendments that are associated with it. Uh, maybe mo- most people probably know what prohibition is, but there might be some younger drinkers that uh, that hear the word but don't really understand what it is. So, prohibition is a law that was instituted by the Eighteenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and this was stemming from the Volstead Act on January eighteenth, nineteen twenty. Somewhere between sixteen, seventeen, eighteen is when this thing happened because there's all the dates are like all within a day, a part of one another, but we'll say January 18th. And this is forbidding the sale, production, importation, and transportation of alcoholic beverages in the U.S. And it was repealed by the 21st Amendment to the U.S. Constitution on December 5th, 1933. The prohibition error is sometimes referred to as the noble experiment, and also <laughs> 13 awful years. Yes, those would be 13 awful years to me. Um, again, the 18th Amendment was established uh, to, for the prohibition of alcoholic beverages uh, by declaring it's illegal for the production, transport, and sale of alcohol. But the consumption or private possession was okay. So you could actually drink it. You just couldn't do, couldn't sell it or, or uh, uh, manufacture it. it. Yeah, produce it. Or transport it. Or import it. Uh, the 21st Amendment, again, this is when it was repealed, uh, and uh, that, again, they say it's around, okay, yeah, that's when it was repealed, that's all we need to know, December, 30, <laughs> December 33, uh, yeah, December 5th, 1933. Wow, you know what, having a, a day off and drinking through the day makes it harder to do a podcast, I think, but yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what prohibition is all about. I think most of us know what it is, but hey, it's always good to to cover that terminology so we know. So when you see 21st Amendment Brewery or brewing, again, their, their name is is in a, uh, you know, because they were basically saying, yeah, the 21st Amendment allows us to uh, to to go ahead and make beer again. So they, they named their beer after that. And again, thanks to Eric Gronley, he sent me a, Uh, a nice list from craftbeer.com that that kind of is a beer glossary to go ahead and try to, you know, get some information on these beer terms. Now it is time for the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer topics. And this week, like we already mentioned, we're going to discuss the article that our buddy Eric Gronley provided, which is going to discuss four new hops to keep an eye out for this year. And I'll have this link to the article in the show notes. So if you want to read it in full, You can go ahead and click the link and get all the information you want about Four Exciting Hops to Watch in 2022, found on the Hop Culture website and written by Andy Crump.
1: Well, Denny, real quick, before we get into this, since I just went from a 16-ounce can that I'm getting into a bottle.
0: Oh, yeah. See how? Does it work? Does it fit? look. Okay. We're going to do this. We're doing a a demo. We're doing this.
1: We're doing it live. We're doing it live. we've We've got this. 16 ounce can right here yeah, right yeah and then we take this little insert oh, that also okay. comes with it okay have an drops in there okay a bottle goes in there
3: and then look at that
0: okay hmm. you better you better drink that that top off though because it's uh some of it's exposed getting warm <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, okay all right so chris i'm going to start off the first little entry put po- thing and then um I'll, at the highlight spot you hear or
1: the bulls well, and i have to interrupt you again because oh, chad sure. just said because we shared the fundraiser jeff seiler donated 65 bucks to get my original goal of 300 i was hoping he'd be on here tonight so i could personally thank him we've never interacted in any way but that was really cool of him he was the biggest donation mm-hmm. i upped the total to 500 bucks and it's gotten up to 375 it's not a ton, but I know every little bit helps, That's especially like. with these lesser-known cancers. This is the same one that took Walter Payton, maybe my all-time favorite running oh. uh, running back, from us. I know the name is hard to pronounce, but it's a cancer <laughs> of the bile duct. The so, bi- oh,
0: the bile duct. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, like we talked about earlier too, Denny, being able to connect with our listeners mm-hmm. all around the world. But we've talked about this before, how we have folks like chad talking about jeff or i want to say jeff and eric have talked before there's been a couple of interactions that i've known about where people are well growing friendships over beers across the country or even on the other side of the world too so i definitely love seeing that kind of stuff
0: yeah okay so The most popular hops in contemporary craft brewing are Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe, Amarillo, Columbus, Centennial, Cascade, and you might want to include Galaxy. But in reality, craft brewers all over the world have a ton of hop varietals available to them. Brewers are always trying to come up with new flavor profiles. And we will be discussing four exciting hops to watch in 2022. Now, Hop Culture's Andy Crump is predicting in 2022 two things, a rise in the popularity of Strata, Eclipse, and HBC 586 hops, and the production of Vista, an entirely new hop coming to us from the Pacific Northwest. All right. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and tell us why experimenta- experimentation with hops is so important?
1: Denny, e- experimentation with hops is so important Because the industry only benefits from experimentation with hops. (laughs) That did not work out the way I expected it to. (laughs) Anyway, new technology like liquid hop terpenes, cryo hops, and Mm -hmm. hop blends push craft brewing forward. And new hop varietals keep us excited to drink. That's right. That's true. That's definitely true. Beer should never be boring. No one wants to visit a handful of different breweries and find out that each of them use the same hop bill combination. You can only drink so many mosaic-centric IPAs without getting tired of them. And that would be a shame, because mosaic IPAs are delicious. They are, yeah. As are Citra, <laughs> Simcoe IPAs, and so on. For that reason, it's always welcoming to see beers with hops outside the standard crowd favorites. Brewers have a ton of options for mixing and matching with the industry's current top tier hops. Mm-hmm. So, why aren't we seeing more of these?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, new hops can take years to come to market. The birth of a new hop comes very rarely, it doesn't happen every year, says Michelle Palosius, Palos, Palo, Palo, Palosios, Palacios. 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 <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Business manager for Hubbard, Oregon's Hop Research Council. That's the HBC. Wait, HRC. Sorry. (laughs) I'm totally goofing up here. It takes 10 plus years to develop hop varieties. It's a process. What's her name again? Uh, Palacios. Palacios. (laughs) Palacios finds (laughs) familiar at the Hop Research Council, which works with the United States Department of Agriculture's hop program, To cultivate new varieties of hops, which HRC's elite hop program, the council strives to generate enough quantities of fledgling varieties for pilot brewing. Quote, we work with our brewer members to conduct brewing trials. Palacios. You nailed it. Okay, says. (laughs) We're able to identify hops that have gained enough acceptance in the brewing community to then release as a public variety. She notes that for the betterment of the brewing industry, HRC focuses on public varieties and not proprietary varieties. Proprietary varieties. Making public varieties means much more flexibility for brewers who aren't restricted to buying new hops through one source. Okay, Chris, now that we talked about how we come up with new hop varieties and why experimentation is so important, let's go ahead and talk about the hops.
1: So, the first one is Vista, a hop on the horizon. According to Hubbard, the Hop Research Council started a- developing Vista in 2006, and they only recently approved it for planting across the Pacific Northwest. 16 years. Mm-hmm. The time it takes a child to become a teenager. <laughs> that, yeah. no. Yeah, I know, it's 13 years, <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's true. math, true. <laughs> right? That's how long it took Vista to make it to market. Actually, it still won't be available for commercial brewers until later this year. Currently, HRC has two propagators, F&B Farms and Skagit Horticulture, preparing plant cuttings for potting for roughly 100 acres of Vista across Washington, Idaho, and Oregon through 2022. Palacios anticipates that these hops will be harvested and available for brewing starting in the fall. Ooh, that means when all the wet hop stuff comes Mm -hmm, out, the hop exists, but there's still about eight months left before brewers can begin brewing with it. But Vista will be worth the wait featuring predominantly melon, apple, and even pear tasting notes. Vista has a refreshing flavor profile, which explains the positive feedback brewer members have given HRC Quote, they like Vista because it plays well with other hops, says Palacios, uh, referencing Citra and Mosaic as particularly good pairings. So I
0: I just had this hop in a beer for the first, as far as I understand, the first time this weekend. As you know. Yes. And again, it's not even released out for, like really for pop, you know, I don't know how Jim Dandy was able to uh, you know grab some of this hop to to brew a beer with it, but I will say that the beer that they brewed now it's not only the hop that made this beer so good it was also the malts that they used as well, but it played so well with the malts that it just i I just fell in love with the beer and and when I first tried it. I gave it, I, I was like, oh, this is good. I had a 10-ounce pour. I'm like, oh, this is good. I like this one. But I just had, I, I had that after having a couple of IPAs. And you know, when you have IPAs and you drink a, a pale ale, mm-hmm. you feel the malt in it, which was nice. This is a real traditional, like, well, it's almost like an Oktoberfest because it's using Vienna and, and Munich malts. But it's it was, you could feel the malt in it, right? You had the malt flavor, but it, it had a nice, hop finish to it. And that hop finish complemented those mal- those those malts and just made it, like, really good. I, I fell in love with it. So the next day I come back, I order a pine. That first pint I order is that because I really enjoyed it the day before. And I just sucked this thing down and, like, oh, my gosh, I this beer is fantastic. So I had another one <laughs> because, I mean, I needed to have another one. So I drink a second one, and then I'm, like, I'm moving this – beer rating up to a five cap rating because the beer was so well produced and like i said this vista hop played very well with the with the malt that gave it just a very refreshing and very easy drinking delicious beer so so yeah so i've already had vista um it's not a strong hop, right? It's very more subtle. And that's why I think it says it plays very well with other hops because it's not going to be the one that's going to give you that bold, booming flavor. It's very subtle behind the scenes character that that really comes out if it's not, you know, if you're not overwhelming it. So I don't know how it's going to be if you like force it into an IPA. I don't know if it'll be that special, but, but I think it's a good complementing. Complimentary hop for sure. So okay, that's my little take on the vista. (laughs) Uh okay. Let's let's hear about Eclipse then. Okay. So Eclipse, it's an explosive new hop. On paper alone, this hop reads like a flavor powerhouse. Quote, Eclipse has the explosive, zesty orange rind characteristic that just leaps out of my Mylar bag as soon as you crack one open, says Justin Negroti, brewer of Channel Market. Channel Marker Brewing in Beverly, Massachusetts. A new variety that hit the market last year. Eclipse can be tricky to find. Channel Marker had good fortune in 2021. Their primary hop supplier, Willamette Valley Hops, managed to snag a portion of Eclipse for them to try out. Currently... Eclipse is supplied by Hop Products Australia (HPA), which makes sense because HPA supplies another well-known hop found in the IPAs everywhere, which is Galaxy. One can find common traits in Galaxy and Eclipse. Both have an alluring citrus flavor profile, which makes it, which makes sense that Eclipse made a big blip on Negrati, Crandall, and Corican's radar. That's the the three brewers of Channel Marker. Yeah. Channel marker. So I think I've had Eclipse. I just don't remember, you know, what beers had it in there. I'd have to, now that I've, I've seen a name, I'll pay more attention to it. It just happens that I had just written this up before I went to, you know, went to Pocatello, saw that they're using Vista hops. So I knew that that was one that was in, uh, uh, wasn't a beer that, that I just had. So that's why I knew that one. Okay, Chris, you can do the next two because the yeah. next one's really short. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the HBC 586, a tropical threat. Justin Negrody describes HBC 586 as having an intense dried mango slice characteristic. I like dried mangoes. They're pretty delicious. Those are potentially big tropical notes that we can see working their way into clear West Coast IPAs. Or even potentially East Coast hazies. And before I can we get into this one, just wanna say hello to Craig Murrell. Uh say hello to your wife Robin Forrest as well. <laughs> um so yeah, it's just a, a big I guess a big tropical mango hit yeah, in this one.
0: Yeah, and this one, um, I think I've seen this in beers as a additional beer, like a like a hop that's along with along with the ride with other hops. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen this one in, in beers before. And the next one we've
1: talked about before.
0: Yeah. This one has been out for at least a year already. If I think at least a year, if not 18 months, it's been out in beer. So go ahead. Okay. And this one.
1: So Strata an exciting hop for the hazies. While Strata may sound tame in comparison to Eclipse and HBC 586, don't be fooled. Sweet fruits come through this variety. Plus, Strata has something Eclipse and HBC 586 don't the highly sought after quality of dank cannabis. (laughs) Is that highly sought after? I think so. You think so? Okay. Yeah. And if it comes to a beer, I mean, if I'm drinking an IPA, um, I I guess there's a couple of things that I look for. I'm not looking for them individually, Mm -hmm. but like if I get a beer and I go... Oh, this is really, it's got some dank characteristics to it. Or if I get another one, oh, you can smell like the, the, the resinous, uh, notes in, or you can smell the tropical fruits or taste any of those things. It's like three different classifications mm-hmm. of, of, of an IPA. Yeah. So I look, I'd look for it. Okay. Negroti considers Strata an amazing complimentary hop in new England style ales. Lest anyone forget, the New England IPA did, did come from New England. <laughs> so it's, it's not just a clever name. Oh, okay. Uh, we like our hoppy beers, hazy and juicy, and yes, a little bit dank. We had the opportunity this year to hand-select our Strata lot from friends at Indie Hops, and the strawberry notes we pulled from the samples were just incredible. That's mm. Negroti. Okay. Ch- channel Marker Brewing has more tricks up their sleeve for 2022 their brew team are big fans of incognito mm-hmm. a liquid hop uh, liquid hop product from Willamette Valley hops for instance but if they have eclipse hBC 586 and strata on the mind then everybody else should too
0: yeah that incognito did did we seems like we talked about incognito or we we were curious about it, and we looked it up, but I can't remember if we did talk about it on the show or not, but
1: uh, it doesn't ring a bell okay
0: maybe I was talking about it with someone else that we were that we had something with incognito, I had no idea what it was, and we looked it up, and then we found out that yeah it's this liquid basically a liquid hop uh, additive that you can put into your beer to make it. Beer. more hoppy yeah yeah so
1: um so i typed in just in google for what i call s's and g's or some of you know it as shits and giggles (laughs) um beers with incognito hops and the things that actually popped up kind of surprised me because well incognito is just you know that product but uh two big ones popped well three if you count the abita one but two things in general popped up elysian space dust
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Space now, again, does.
1: I don't know. I don't know if they're actually using the product or what. And the second one, Bell's Hop Slam. Really? <laughs> the that's third gotta one be, was...
0: That's going to be a new addition, though, because it hasn't been around that long for them to use it. Right. Normally. That's
1: what I mean. So I, it is just, these are the ads that popped up. I don't know if I just typed in the word hops and that's what oh. popped up because also things like... Parrish's Ghost in the Machine or Sweetwater's 420, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really dig into it that much, but you know, that's what popped up when I typed that in. So Okay. Okay.
0: Well, let's finish off this segment by saying, will these hops take craft beer to new places? Maybe you've already had an IPA brewed with one of these hops. If so, lucky you. For the rest of us, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled and wait for opportunities to experience these exciting hops ourselves. Especially with Vista, which we are awaiting with bated breath to burst onto the scene later this year. It's already out, and at least in Idaho it is. <laughs> apparently. In mean, yeah, apparently. In, in the meantime, we're encouraged by the excitement building behind these hop varietals. Overall, we're thrilled to watch these hops make their way into the, one of the most popular beer styles out there. And start taking IPAs and pale l's and maybe even other varieties to new places. So there you go. There's four new exciting hops to look out for this year, and find the beers that you know check out when you have a beer if you enjoy it. Look at the what the what's how it's made, and find out if if it includes one of these hops. Maybe one of these hops is making that stand out especially well for you.
1: And I'll also retract what I said about hop slam too because I typed in. Vista beers with Vista hops and hop slam pop <laughs> again. So okay. I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Happened to be the way that Google works. It was just the ad search just mm-hmm. popped up with that. It okay. got me. Okay. All
0: right, Chris, you know what? Now it's time to talk about our new and noteworthy beers. So any new and noteworthy beers for you this, this week?
1: I did. I had a couple of local ones and I had one from Ohio. The first one, is going to be from Magnanimous Brewing. Uh, It's called Head of the Table. Now, I'm ill-prepared for what was in this beer, but it was a uh, barrel-aged beer. I know it had things like pecans, and I want to say there was chocolate and all kinds of good stuff Mm. in it. Uh, Head of the Table. Magnanimous. Um, And just happened to grab one of these cans when I was at the brewery. Pecan Pie Ale aged in Pritchard's double chocolate bourbon barrels for fourteen months and conditioned on Florida pecans and vanilla beans um this one was a little on the sweeter side um but I was sitting down watching uh, a hockey game while I was drinking it, so I uh, drank it excitedly when I was watching <laughs> the lightning win uh but it was uh I gave it a four point two five when I rated it. Uh, it was a little it was a little sweeter um but it was still very enjoyable, easy to drink, not super boozy or not a bunch of heat coming off of (laughs) of the barrel or anything. Very, very good. I I liked it a lot. Um, Second one is going to be from Cigar City Brewing, which is from, this is from their El Catador Club. This called Three on a Match, and this was an old ale. So the old ale um, is definitely a beer that, you and I, Denny specifically, we, we both love getting a hold on mm-hmm. or a hold of. Um, and this is, uh, an old ale aged in white port barrels and just simply delicious beer. I think I was watching a lightning game when I was drinking this one too, <laughs> but, uh, just simple, easy to drink, not super boozy or, you know, not too much barrel. They did a really good job blending this one too. So, Uh, Four and and a quarter caps on this one. And my last one coming out of Ohio from Mm -hmm. Jackie O's Brewery. Uh, It was their Granola Bourbon Barrel Black Maple from 2020. Now, I got this beer from my buddy Art who traded me some beers. He won some beers here locally in Tampa. And I picked them up for him. He, He got some Hunapu. I picked them up for him, shipped them down to him. And then he sent me the these beers back in uh, exchange as a thank you. And um, I expected that when I cracked this bottle open, and it was a 375 milliliter bottle. When I cracked this beer open, I thought I was going to pour it in there. It was going to be motor oil thick. Mm-hmm. It was going to be just maple, fake maple coat mm-hmm. the inside of your mouth. And I was like, look, I, I've had this for about a year now. I'd like to drink it let's just do it. If I hate it, you know, you can always just suffer through it. Denny, I want to tell you that I, I got into this beer. I took that first sip. It was nothing what I expected it to be. Mm. Absolutely nothing. It wasn't cloying and mouth coating and super heavy and sweet. It was actually a little lighter than I expected it to be. Um, it had started to mellow out a little bit too, cause it's about two years old now. And, uh, could definitely taste the bourbon in the barrel, and mm. there was a touch of maple in it mm. It was very subtle, mm. it was very subtle, and it was not overpowering in the beer at all. You could still get the 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 flavor of the imperial stout that was the base well you know a little sweetness of the maple and then some of the barrel. I gave it a five cap rating for this beer wow, nice um and i was it, it disappeared very fast. Mm. Um, And it wasn't super like high alcohol either. I think it was like somewhere between 8 and 10%. Like it wasn't just some like, hey, booze bomb, get you drunk kind of imperial stout. It was just subtle is the best way that I can put it. Nice. Really the way I can put it. So that's my new and noteworthy beers. Denny, let's hear a little bit about yours.
0: Okay. Um, I had a ton of good beer I drank in the last two weeks, but I'm only going to talk about four of them. Very quickly, I already mentioned this one, Jim Dandy Brewing. The beer that I talked about just a little bit ago is Snowbound American Pale Ale. This is brewed with Vienna and Munich malts and Vista hops. And um, I gave this a five-cap rating. I said, uh, so funny that the hop used in this beer, well, we we will be discussing on the show on Monday, the Vista hop. This is a very good pail with a delicious malt base that blends perfectly with the subtle flavors of the hop.
1: <laughs> My buddy, Art, just checked in when I was reading about the beer. <laughs> checked in the same Sorry. beer? No, no. He just uh, hopped on and commented. And he said, well, I tuned in just in time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the beer, man. It was delicious. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Oh, no. that's fine. I said, tropical fruit sweetness, lemony notes, five cap rating. Um, I also made a comment the day, next day. I was, that was the first day. And then the next day I said, had two more pints of this beer today, which is Saturday, and it is so damn good. Great job, Davis. You've made a true winner, raising my rating to a five-cap rating. It's definitely a five-cap beer. This fa- this beer is fantastic. I hope they're able to make this more often. I think it's going to be a, a big winner for them if they can. I think it's really a really good beer. The next one is another Jim Dandy beer. It's called Spark. It's a fruited Berliner Weiss. And guess what? The fruit is strawberries <laughs> and prickly pear. So it's funny that just a couple of shows ago, I made a comment mm-hmm. that, yeah, you know, strawberries aren't good in beer. It's hard to get a thing. Well, guess what? When you put 150 pounds of strawberries into a beer and sour it, it makes a good beer. So Jim Dandy, that's what Jim Dandy did. And this is uh, what I said here is... Uh, and so episode 197 might've been 196. I, I lose track. Uh, I mentioned strawberries are hard to use in beer. Well, it was pointed out to me that they work well in sours and this mm. is a good case of a sour that it works really well with. Um, this is a perfect example mixed with some prickly pear to put it over the top. Fantastic beer. Five cap rating Two five cap ratings this weekend from Jim Dandy mm. brewing. Uh, again, Jim Dandy is making, in my opinion, is making some of the best beer in Idaho, if not the best beer in Idaho. So that's just my opinion, but um, I've had a lot of beer in my life, and I really enjoy enjoy their beer. Okay, next one is from Crux Fermentation. This is their project Crux Crux Fermentation Project. We've talked about them before. This is their noisy boy i p a and and uh, what I said about this is so when I see a head, oh, and by the way. The head on this beer was just like super like dense, foamy, sticking up above the, above the rim. I mean, just wasn't going away. It was like really nice head. I said, when you see a head like this on a beer, I know it's made great. The aroma is a candy citrus, falls right into the flavor, finishes with a little piney and pithy bitterness. Great beer with great flavors, four and a half cap rating. I really like this Noisy Boy. I've got three more cans to drink and I'm going to enjoy every one of them. And then the last beer I'm going to talk about is from Roadhouse Brewing. And uh, I've talked about Roadhouse before. They're out of, uh,
2: oh, shoot, are they Montana or Wyoming now? Now I'm going to screw it up. Uh,
0: Wyoming, Jackson, Wyoming. Okay. Um, This is called the Walrus. It's a New England hazy IPA. And I said, super soft and creamy with a juicy citrus hop character that really hits the spot. Delicious. Four and a half cap rating. I picked up a four pack of this, a 16 ounce cans. And I'll tell you what, i you know, actually, wait a minute. I didn't pick this up. My lovely wife picked this up for me and brought it back home for me. And when I opened the can and drank it, I said, honey, you just picked out a fantastic beer. Thank you. And it really was a a really good beer. So um, Roadhouse hasn't let me down yet. And if you can get Roadhouse in your area, uh, try their beers. They make some really, really good beers. Okay, Chris, guess what? We just had a fantastic show. But before we end it, I always want to give you a chance to raise a glass to someone you'd like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to raise a glass to tonight?
1: So two people specifically. First, I'd love to raise a glass to Mark Reedy for for the voicemails. Uh, we really appreciate you guys calling in, leaving us voicemails and stuff. Uh, it definitely makes well makes it so much easier to mm-hmm. communicate with the show. How have we gone so many episodes with not just telling people, "Hey, look, it's easier." Easier, yeah. It's <laughs> just
0: easier. Just do it.
1: Just yeah. You can do it from yeah. your car. Just sit, hit the uh,
0: you know. Just put us on your phone. Just put us as a contact, and just. Uh,
1: yeah. For those of you rap fans out there, as my friend Ludacris <laughs> would say, just pick up the mother phone and dial. Okay. <laughs> um, but I also want to be- raise a big glass, Denny, to uh Chad Lamasa. Uh cheers to you, Chad. Uh happy birthday, buddy. I'm glad you get to enjoy some great beers on your birthday, especially that, uh, nugget nectar. That's mm-hmm. always a good oh, yeah. one. Nugget nectar is good. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, cheers, Mark. Cheers, Chad. Happy birthday, Chad. Um, and Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to?
0: Well, our Patreon toast goes out to Eric Gronling. We've already mentioned him enough on the show. And before I even put the show out, I had Eric picked as the, uh, Patreon toast, but, uh, but he did help out this show quite a bit. Cheers to you, Eric. Thank you for your support. And like Chris already mentioned, happy birthday to you, Chad. Even on his birthday, he comes in and watches us live uh, for a little bit. You know, we don't ask you to stay the whole show. If you still stay the whole show, that's fantastic. He's still here. He said, thanks, guys. Oh, yeah, he's still here. That's awesome. But, hey, we appreciate you guys coming in, interacting with us. We love, you know, having you along for the ride. And happy birthday, Chad. Okay, and also, you know, I always – I know it sounds – repetitive but you know i I was a former serviceman and and once a submariner always a submariner i always want to raise my glass to all those who have served and are currently serving in the u.s military services protecting our freedoms thank you for your service and please return home safely very soon and chris should we read a sponsor are we gonna you know i think we can go ahead go ahead and roll the dice let's just read
1: it yeah so, uh, we want to talk about our friends over at Frost Buddy. They are specializing in cooling containers for your beverage of choice. Frost Buddy has the Universal Buddy 2.0 right here in my hand, <laughs> which is the world's first universal can cooler for 12 ounce cans, slim cans, bottles, and even 16 ounce cans. Frost Buddy also has the world's first universal wine cooler, 24 ounce stainless steel mugs, and even stainless steel dog bowls. Go visit their website. At frostbuddy.com.
0: Okay. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes, located on the show post at taptocraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you?
1: Uh probably never at on Twitter <laughs> Chris underscore Mackenzie82. Or you can always find me on Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. But, of course, always interact with us on everything social at Tap the Craft.
0: All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And we ask you to please, please tell a friend. And, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you don't mind, just uh, hit that little five-star five star button on Spotify or on iTunes and let everyone know that you like what you hear. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.